Hey there, friends. It's Nick. So I'm going to share with you something a bit different today. It's something that's really helped me. And in some ways, I guess you could say it's the engine behind this podcast. But the thing is, it's a little weird. This is a completely different kind of story that means business. And we're, what we're going to do is we're going to enter the kind of the daft and the dreamlike world of the memory palace. So if you're the kind of person who is looking to really to learn, to understand, and to integrate your knowledge about the world, this, I think, can really help you, these kind of ideas. Every memory champion in the world uses some form of these sort of basic principles, some form of visualisation, and there are different ways of doing it, but I'm just going to show you an example of one of the ways in which I, I do this. And it's worth remembering, of course, that studies show that our brains treat story differently from the way it treats other information. The scientific term for this is, I think, psychologically privileged. I've mentioned that before. And in a nutshell, it just means that we process, remember, experience stories in a different way from, from the other stuff. And memory, if you think about it, is all about connecting things together. And one of the reasons that stories are so much easier to remember than kind of globs of information, globs of facts, is that, of course, stories... You know, by default, good stories have a clear progression of cause and effect. This leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. And we can use that kind of tendency to, to hack our brains a little bit in, in quite interesting ways. And this is a, I guess an example, it's a little peek inside my memory palace. And this is a simple story, which is triggered by a bottle, <laughs> a bottle of wine in my memory palace. And the bottle of wine sits on the shelf in the kitchen which is the room where I keep all of my kind of links, my triggers for principles and knowledge about creativity and business. So for me, in my memory palace, which is based on the, the space where I work, the house where I work, George's old place, if you've been listening for a while, but in the kitchen, we've got a tiny kitchen here, but in that tiny space, I keep all of this stuff to do with creativity and business. And it's worth remembering before we get into this story that memorization, the kind of the creativity and the imagery and the stories that we use when we're memorizing something, they play on exaggeration, creativity and novelty. We want to go to the edges, to the extreme. So they're much more like dreams than, than real life. And as you listen to the story, try and really picture the scenes, hear the noises and feel the emotions, because it will really help bed those images, those triggers into your brain. Okay, so here goes. Beneath the wine bottle on the dusty oak shelf sits a handwritten cake recipe. And that's what triggers the memory of this dumb story. And in this story, I'm drunk cooking. <laughs> I'm drunk cooking in a kitchen. I'm trying to make a cake, but I'm squinting at this bad handwriting on the recipe card. And my squint becomes a frown because I'm trying to read but there's some insanely bright light flooding the room. And as I turn around to the window, I see this tiny, tiny comet, bright as the sun, roaring over the garden and smashing through the window. And it hits the kitchen counter and bounces into this mixing bowl, this overflowing mixing bowl that I've, I've been trying to make this cake in. And I kind of use the spoon to dig in. I stir the mixture to find it, but the cake's consistency, its consistency is all lumpy. And wait, there's something else. Something inside the mixture is beeping crazily. 
So I reach my hand into this sticky glue and retrieve this thing, which is my phone, which the comet, of course, knocked into the, to the bowl. And when I wipe away all the gunk off the phone, the social, the social apps are going crazy with the news of this multi-comet attack, this incident. And the top post on Facebook is getting like a zillion, zillion hits a second. In fact, the likes total is rocketing up before my eyes and my phone is actually getting hot. It's almost too hot to hold. And then the phone starts to shout. And this is a message, a, a security message, a warning from the authorities. Keep away from, it says keep away from the thing. And then at that second, another comet comes crashing through the window and literally explodes the phone in my hand, tearing a huge scar down my arm. You know, I'm weeping with pain now, but I grab a Manchester United scarf, football scarf from the peg on the wall, wrap it around the wound and then just hunker down, waiting for it all to be over. <laughs> okay. All right. What the hell was that? You may be thinking, and it doesn't make much sense, does it? Not unless you have the key and the key starts with the bottle of wine, really, because when I'm walking through my memory palace, and what I mean by that is when I'm I close my eyes and I visualize that kitchen and I see that bottle of wine. The name of that bottle of wine is influence. And on the label, there's the happy smiling face of a, of a middle-aged man. And this man is Robert Cialdini, whose best-selling book has changed the face of persuasion over the past 25 years. And if you were listening three or four days ago, you'll have heard a podcast where I talked about the, the principles of persuasion that he scientifically validates and discusses in that book, Influence. In fact, we went over them, didn't we? If you remember, reciprocation, commitment and consistency, social proof, liking, authority, scarcity, and unity. And if you think about that story, what I'm doing is I'm embedding triggers in the story to help me remember those principles. And there's a really important point here. Most of the forgetting that we do Perhaps all of the forgetting is really a failure of retrieval rather than storage. For example, if I can retrieve that principle of social proof, say, that automatically, if I can bring it to my conscious mind, that automatically brings loads of other different kinds of information, connected information into my conscious awareness too. I can think of examples. I can think of how I'm using that particular principle in this particular piece of work that I'm doing now. So. The story is really just a way of reminding myself of those key words. And if we, if we think about it, I mean, some of them are a bit of a stretch, but it works okay because this is the story that's, that's in my head. So here we go. So the recipe is reciprocation. The comet and the cake mixture, the consistency of the cake mixture is of course, commitment and consistency. When the social app is going wild on my phone. That's social proof. When the likes are going into the zillions on that post, that's liking. When the warning comes, it's from the authorities, right? It's the authority. The second comic tears that scar into my arm when the phone explodes, and that is scarcity. And lastly, of course, I use a Manchester United scarf because unity is the last principle. If you remember that one, it's the new one from, from the reissue of the book last year, which is simply that we, 
we tend to be more influenced and more persuaded by people who are like us in some way. So it's all pretty crazy, right? But you, and you may well be thinking, wouldn't it just be easier to learn these things? Well, maybe it would, but the stuff that I've learned by rote never really seems to stick. And what you end up with is having to remember seven different things, um, which don't really particularly connect to each other. And what the story does is sort of stop for me, at least it stops that decay. It allows, it gives our brain hooks, in, you know, and ways in which we can re rehearse this information easily. And, and of course, even, you know, whatever you do, information decays in your memory. I mean, the job of the hippocampus is to clear out all the stuff it thinks you don't need. So one of the ways in which we can hack that process, and you'll have heard of sort of space learning before, I'm sure, but you know, you might get the story and then you might look at it again an hour later and then a day after that, and then three days after that, and then a week after that. And what this is doing is it's telling our hippocampus, hippocampi, because we've got two of them, that this stuff matters, that it needs to be transferred into long-term memory. And what you end up with, of course, is that rather than having seven disconnected things that, that in my case, at least I can usually barely half remember what I've got is access to that story. When I walk to that place in my memory palace and look at that bottle of wine and remember where the bottle of wine is in relation to the other bits and pieces I've got on that shelf. And that gives me access to these principles. And so when I'm doing, when I'm working, when I'm, whether it's doing a podcast or writing a piece of work, I can really easily access those bits of information. I can bring those principles to mind. I can go through them like a checklist and say, what am I using? For example, I mean, I'm, I've done a web page that's going to be about this topic as well. And even in this podcast, you know, I, if you think about what I've, I've talked about, um, I said at the start, I wanted to give you something that had been really useful to me. That's kind of triggering reciprocation, right? I've talked about whether you're the kind of person who wants to learn about the world, remember things. Well, that's commitment and consistency. Every memory, uh, expert in the world uses these principles. That's social proof. Can you see how these things are kind of baked in? In fact, I think the only one I haven't used probably is scarcity. And that's because we don't want this information to be scarce. It's so useful. <laughs> to people that everyone should have a chance to, to use some of these underlying principles. And I know it's a bit weird. I know that it's a bit of a strange kind of thing, but, but I promise you, if you listen to the story and if you visualized it, and if you went through it, you will have access to those principles, maybe only for the next hour or so. But if you think about it, get in an hour and then in a day, like I say, space learning, what will happen over time is that they will become part of your long-term memory. And very often when that happens, the story can kind of fall away, but this is the work that allows us to integrate this knowledge. And of course, this is at a very simplistic level, but it's massively powerful. And it's a fantastic example of a story that really means business. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Hey, this is Nick. Thanks again for listening to dig deeper, search for story.business.